Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promo rate for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Big stories, big guests, the big picture. Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge. Weekdays 1230 to 3, 770 CHQR. So we're going to let those uh, Western bastards freeze in the dark. Is that the plan? I don't think anybody actually said that yesterday, but we seem to be getting very close to that territory. Now, it is fair ball, I think, for UCP leader Jason Kenney to point out uh, that Rachel Notley was kind of mocking this idea a couple of months ago, only to see it stolen and thrown into the throne speech yesterday. That yeah, if the NDP government next door in BC wants to continue to cause problems for the Trans Mountain Pipeline, and by extension, the oil and gas industry here, that we're prepared to, to go well beyond wine boycotts. That maybe, just maybe, the Alberta government would actually looking at trying to choke off B.C. Because don't forget, we have an existing Trans Mountain Pipeline. The project, of course, is to expand that existing pipeline. So, B.C. doesn't like the pipeline, then maybe they don't mind not getting what that pipeline is currently feeding them. So I suppose if we did cut off B.C., I mean, there's the the very real prospect that you could see gas prices shoot up in B.C. That would certainly get people's attention. But are we going to get very far politically in, you know, essentially uh, taking hostages here? And I guess there's the other question of whether constitutionally the Alberta government can control what's going through the pipeline. I mean, our whole argument here seems to be that B.C. doesn't have the uh, constitutional jurisdiction to mess around with this pipeline. Uh, so joining us for some thoughts, though, on you know whether we could cut off the taps, what the impact of that might be. Very pleased to welcome the program uh, Blair King, environmental scientist uh, based in BC. You can read more at uh, chemistinlangley.net. Blair, great to have you with us here. Welcome back to the program. Thanks for having me on. All right, so you wrote a piece about this today, and you've been having some interesting conversations uh, about this with uh, Dr. Andrew Leach at the University of Alberta. So I mean, it's it's kind of a legal question, almost more than a scientific question. But could Alberta cut off the flow of oil to BC? Well, uh, as Dr. Leach pointed out, I don't think under the current uh, legal framework they could. the The way the NEB the pipeline is an NEB National Energy Board uh, regulated uh, pipeline, and the way they nominate fuel. Uh, products to go down the line, it would appear that under the current regulatory regime, they just simply couldn't. Dr. Leach has presented on Twitter an explanation for anyone interested why the current regime says that this isn't something you would expect or uh, unless there's some change to Alberta law that could possibly happen. What currently goes through the uh, existing Trans Mountain Pipeline? 
the Trans Mountain Pipeline is an unusual pipeline in that it carries different uh, mixtures. It carries about it carries bitumen, it carries refined fuel, and it carries uh, light crude. Uh, typically, about uh, more, more bitumen than uh, refined fuels, and about a third of its content is uh, light uh, light crude, synthetic crude. All right, and uh, th- that's primarily used in BC then. I don't know that we're really exporting much out of uh, the West Coast, and that's kind of been the issue all along. So this is, uh, th- these are fuels, these are products that are being used, consumed in BC. Consumed in BC or the Puget Sound. Uh, the Trans Mountain Pipeline has a connection out of uh, Sumas Abbotsford directly to the refineries on the Puget Sound. And up till recently, the Puget Sound was getting its oil from the Alaska oil fields. Those Alaska fields have been drying up, and as a consequence, more and more of the the fuel coming down the pipeline has been going to to Seattle and Washington State rather than going to overseas. We really aren't... The under the pipeline, we're allowed to send out a ship a uh, ship a week uh, through the port of Vancouver. But recently, they've been shipping very uh, one a month or so, so much less. So, if Alberta was able to restrict uh, the flows of of this pipeline and maybe other pipelines, what would the impact be on BC? Would BC have other options? If they were able to shut down, then the the effect on BC would be huge. Uh, the Right now, the refineries out of Edmonton provide about 60% of the refined fuels we use on the West Coast. Uh, the Syncrude goes directly to, uh, uh, about half the Syncrude goes to the Parkland refinery, which provides about 20 to 25% of our refined fuel. So uh, the, we would lose about 10% of our refined fuel that way as well. And if you think about it, the way the way BC is set up, there simply isn't a secondary source. We would lose between 50 and 70 percent of the refined fuel coming into BC, and there is no alternative way of getting it here. So we would be up a creek, so to speak. Uh, what would that mean, for example, then in terms of, of gasoline prices, do you think? Gasoline prices would at least double. Uh, the without the infrastructure to receive the fuel, they'd have to do some make-do projects in the port of Vancouver, uh, bring in some temporary storage, and that would cost money. And ultimately, the every every step that they added would cost cents to the liter. And when push comes to shove, our our prices would skyrocket. What are they now, by the way? Right now, the Parkland refinery is doing uh, an upgrade, and as a consequence, our gas this morning at our, my corner was a dollar forty-nine a liter, and it's expected to be a dollar sixty a liter by the end of the weekend. Uh, so, something you guys haven't seen in a while. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> what, what does this tell us? I mean, does, do you think this illustrates a, a certain hypocrisy on the part of the BC government that? Um, or, or those who oppose the pipeline, that, that you realize the importance of the pipeline, you benefit from the current Trans Mountain Pipeline existing, yet you're opposing the expansion of this project. It, it ultimately comes down to the politics, because realistically speaking, the the Trans Mountain expansion would is very important for BC. Right now, we have one pipeline that ships bitumen, syncrude, and refined fuel, 
under the doubling, the, the new pipeline would be the one carrying the bitumen. The old pipeline would then be allow, able to carry uh, uh, crude and refined fuel entirely. And that would open up capacity for the, your new sturgeon refinery to send us all the diesel we need. So... It, the new Trans Mountain would basically deal with the sh- the, our continued shortages we have here on the West Coast. The, it would result in us exporting more bitumen uh, by, by ship, and that is where the politics lie, that we have a government that is a, it is a minority government being supported by the Green Party, and the, the Green Party does not want the export of bitumen. So it, ultimately it comes down to a, uh, the politics of our government system in B.C., Right. Well, and yeah, I mean, there, there's there's a lot of politics at play, I think, in, in both provinces. But yeah, I, I get that there, there is a concern with with shipping and there is a concern with these these coastal waters. And we've talked about this before. I mean, it, I, I think it's not necessarily hypocritical to say, look, if we have pipelines within Canada, we got to move fuel from Alberta to B.C., that's fine. But if we're talking about shipping bitumen off the coast, People who live on the coast want to protect the coast, and I think some mean well in, in wanting to ensure that we got this looked after. But as we talked about before, Blair, we, we know a lot about the potential of a bitumen spill and what would be involved in cleaning that up. And obviously, we've, we've put a lot into spill response and marine safety, haven't we? Well, absolutely. One of the things that the initial delays by the B.C. government were to ensure that there was a spill response regime put in place and that safety plans were in place. And the NEB, the National Energy Board, as part of the permit process for the Trans Mountain, have greatly increased the safety requirements for the shippers. The... The planned increase in shipping of the seven times increase in shipping is only expected to increase the risk by something less than 20% over what we have right now. Uh, and in a practical sense, what this means is that they expect a large spill every 2,000 years as, suppo- uh, as opposed to every 3,000 years or so. So we aren't talking, this isn't something we expect. The new plans are quite comprehensive and ultimately they appear to do the trick as well. They will be uh, the, the government is piling 1.5 billion dollars into improving our spill response. So if that one in 2,000 year spill occurs, we have the supplies and equipment on on hand and ready so that they can fight the spill right away. Yeah, important points. Uh, but the debate goes on. Uh, more at a chemist in Langley.net. Blair, I always appreciate the insight. Thanks for joining us here. Thanks a lot. Take care. Uh, Blair King, a chemist in Langley, practicing environmental scientist who focuses on these energy and environmental issues. So he's uh, crunched some of the numbers regarding the potential impact shutting off the taps would have in B.C. But let's also not forget, of course, there's the impact in shutting off the taps here in Alberta. This is the whole point of the pipeline debate is that we need those taps. We need to be able to export our product. And so those uh, who are feeding fuel and other products into existing pipelines so that they can get to market, they're going to be the ones who are hurt if we decide that we're going to go to the mat on this. And again, it's kind of big messages to say, that, hang on a second here, BC, you don't have any business dictating to Ottawa about pipelines. So does Alberta then have some say over what can and can't go into pipelines? I'm not so sure that we do. But it's interesting, though, that the uh, NDP has adopted this approach. Um, Now, here was some of what the Premier was saying yesterday.
uh, about all of this. Now, again, as to this notion that she kind of stole the idea from the UCP, here's what she said. None of this is being done uh, with, a, with a view or an eye on, on what anybody in the opposition is doing. This is all part of uh, our job to ensure that uh, we do what is necessary to turn up the volume on this issue uh, so that everybody works as hard as they possibly can to find a solution that works for all Canadians. And simply says that, that taking this approach and examining the possibility or studying legislation to potentially shut off the taps is simply another tool in the toolbox. What we are looking at doing right now is simply ensuring that as part of a, a long list of, of tools that we have, uh, many of which we haven't really talked about yet, but between the wine ban and what you're talking about, what we're making sure is that we have uh, the ability to engage all those tools strategically. And just because they have the tool, she says, doesn't mean they're necessarily going to use it. What we're talking about doing is bringing in one tool that we may or may not ever use uh, to any, uh, uh, in a very large uh, range of possibilities. Uh, there are many tools that we also have between our previous wine ban and this, this tool. Ultimately, she says, this is about drawing attention to the Trans Mountain Pipeline issue. What our key focus is, 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 is getting people's attention on the matter. We're not interested in doing any of uh, making, creating any kind of crisis in any way, shape, or form. We're going to be measured. We're going to be careful. Okay. Uh, again, I, I mean, I, I get that everybody wants to stand with the Alberta flag, basically. That we're champions of this province, we're champions of this industry, this pipeline needs to get built. It matters. I get that. But this is a lot of posturing. Is this really going to accomplish what we want it to accomplish? Are we really going to bring John Horgan to his knees on this? And does it matter whether or not we do? I mean, it's entirely possible that if we're going to go to the mat, that simply increases resentment of Alberta in B.C. If somehow we convince John Horgan to wave the white flag, well, it's entirely possible that his government could fall and we'd end up with, I don't know, Andrew Weaver as premier or something like that. So I get that people are angry, people are frustrated, people want to to have, I mean, a, a visible enemy in all of this, and I guess that's John Horgan at the moment. I don't know if this is going to accomplish anything. Here was Jason Kenney, UCP leader Jason Kenney, reacting yesterday, um, saying, hey, hang on a second here, because this all sounds really familiar. It was just a month ago, I was proposing a unanimous consent motion, speaking to Ottawa and Victoria on the pipeline issue, and the Premier would, to this day, hasn't even replied to my letter. And now, all of a sudden, they've decided, well, maybe it's a good idea. I guess I should be flattered, but I wish they were ahead of the curve and not behind it on all of these strategies. And I think that's part of the political strategy here. It's a lot easier, I think, for the Alberta government, the NDP, to fend off, hey, you stole our idea versus, hey, you guys aren't standing up for Alberta. So I, I think this is largely intended to, to kind of moot those attacks from the UCP. 403-974-8255 is a number. We are back with more right after this. Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge, starting at 1230 on News Talk 770 Calgary.